Hello and welcome to Tom Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Baby Shark. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, there you go. Thank you. Per usual. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and today we're kicking off summer. We're finally in the summer uh, with a film that proves going to the beach is never a good idea. <laughs> Jaws. But first, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? Uh, so we are getting very close to my birthday where last year I received an enormous amount of alcohol. Yeah. Uh, 27 bottles. It might have been Was more that than it? that. It might have been more. Um, but I am here to tell you that the bourbon is gone. Why wow. is the bourbon gone? Yeah. It doesn't have quite as a ring to it. No, as the there's rum. one little bottle of that was like a baby bottle of um, Hudson baby bourbon baby that bourbon. Katie's drink is made of, that and I am so drinking cool. out of the oh the, the infinity, infinity because this decanter. Is, this is the dregs of a bunch of different bottles over yes. the course of the year. Well, don't forget um, the bottle of peach schnapps you got from yeah, a certain we, someone. We That's right. Do I do. That. I do have some gin, and I also have some. Something called Applejack, which is like mm-hmm. I smelled Ooh. it. I did use that once. I used that to make like a hot toddy. No, that was thing. the Jim Beam apple. That's something totally different. Oh, that's something different. This is Applejack. It's it's a liquor distilled from apples, huh. and it basically smells oh. like an apple tequila to me. Oh, I'm into this. Oh. Yeah. we're gonna make some delicious beverages. Um, and, and I have some scotch and some rye left, but the bourbon scotch, is gone. Scotch, scotch. All right. So, so what are it? you just so, so you're drinking out of the infinity decanter then yes, tonight? That, yeah. And Katie's Love drinking it. apparently a baby belvedere, a baby bell, baby belvedere. That's Hudson, hard to say. Baby bourbon, baby bourbon. Bel- ba- baby, you're drinking a Hudson Hawk belvedere. Bourbon what? belvedere. <laughs> I also had some white wine on my pajama walk. So. Oh, Cheers, everyone. Very the the life of a suburban mom. Oh, it's amazing. My That's our new podcast. Travel, travel wine. That's class. our new podcast coming soon. Life of a suburban oh, mom. There's no, a it's few called of them already. Brian, Jim, and Karen, and she <laughs> wants to see the manager. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm, well. Fun. If I ever went to the beach, I feel like this is what I would drink at the beach. An oh, aluminum can, Miller Lite, America. It's almost the 4th of July, I everybody. Almost the 4th of bottles. July. Those aluminum bottles keep whatever's inside so much colder than a regular old can. Specifically, what's your favorite out of the Bud Light Lime? Bud Light Lime in the aluminum, aluminum bottle is pure heaven. That's, there's nothing it. better. I think, if, to, I think you're right. I think if I have to drink... A non-craft beer. Mm. It's Bud Light Lime. Y- yeah. No. Out of no. an aluminum bottle. Like, and it's I do think the aluminum cold. bottles are the way to go, though. Bud it's Light ice cold. It is so ice cold. cold. It stays so cold. <laughs> Bud Light Lime needs to be like 30 degrees below zero to be good, though. Yeah, well, that's if fine. It is, if it is one degree warm, it is yes. like, ugh. Well, that's and, why the aluminum bottle is key. Yeah. 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 If it is room temperature, it it's like donkey urine. <laughs> right. Who's your young man, Pop, with the uh, the shape up on the side? What's going on there? A little soccer, it's my new, soccer guy? Uh, yes. To this week's Pop, if you watch on Facebook, is uh, a Manchester United Pop. Oh, very nice. That I just, that I just is, got. Is it someone specific? It's Marcus Rashford, who's mm-hmm. my favorite Manchester United player. Mm-hmm. Did you write very him a nice. letter? Oh, no, I did not write him a letter. Letter. 
No, I did not write a Chase Utley letter. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get to kick a soccer ball with did him. You or see that? That, that did might... you see that Mac caught the first? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did see that. And I, I, I love that he and Charlie Manuel are like best buds now. Okay, apparently. you have to summarize, please, for the friends at home so, who don't know what you're talking about. All right, so if you do not watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there was a long-running gag where Mac had written a letter to want to have a catch with Chase Utley. And Chase Utley of the Phillies, well, no longer of the Phillies. He's retired. He he was a Philly for a long time. And he was and then a dream at his re- boat back in the yes. day. And at the retirement of his was it retiring his number? Did they retire his number or just have an event for him? I think it was just an event. Yeah. But but Mac from Always Sunny shows up and they play catch. Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. And there were stickers. So. There were stickers on the letter. Uh, and D, yeah, that's the best quote. D. Oh shit, there's stickers. There's stickers. <laughs> yes. A, a, a uh, wonderful, wonderful episode. So if anyway, you do not watch it, Chase returned to the Phillies for his retirement game. Brian just went. Brian just this. said that. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So yeah. sometimes I only have a, a, a <laughs> recap of the recap of the recap. In my mind, the best part. The best part is was what Katie was on. It's always sunny, and not what happened yesterday. The best part is Katie <laughs> is the one who asked me to explain it, which. Theoretically, I'm the one who doesn't live in Philadelphia <laughs> or care about the Phillies. So I'm probably the worst candidate oh, to man. actually know what's I'm going sorry, on. Everybody. Um, all right. So let's go to fact check. Uh, so we did Harry Potter in the Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, which I think all of us at least put up as the first or second best Harry Potter film. It was Agreed. Fan- it's fantastic. I need to revisit the ones from here to the end yep, because yep. I feel like. I was less invested in them when they came out for some reason. I remember yeah. just, I feel like it the proximity to the books was too close. And I just was like, I'm a little Harry Potter out. So yeah. I'm well, excited to watch them again. So um, Prisoner is actually the second highest rated film at 90% fan from Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Um, Goblet of Fire is third mm-hmm. at 88%, which is our next one we'll do sometime. And, and then actually at 96% is Deathly Hallows Part mm. 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm excited. So I'm excited that's interesting because, you know, it seems, it seems like many of the things we've been talking about and seeing in media recently about closing out episodes yep. of franchises have been awful though yep. Endgame was fantastic dark phoenix was shit listen mm-hmm. to our pop addled uh episode uh which i'm sure katie you've listened to I it was just did. fantastic I you listened to us? it was my first episode of pop addled i listened what did you think i mean i listened to half it was good <laughs> <laughs> i listened to half <laughs> When you got into like the real nitty gritty of ac- the actual movie, I kind of tuned out. But okay. the beginning was great. <laughs> oh, well, I lose my mind in several different portions. So you might just want to try right, to I'll yeah. tune back in. fast yeah, forward to good. when I get there. I do need to comment on Tim's voice. Yeah, Tim's got a good voice. Tim has he a gr- good yes. voice. Yeah. Yes, he does. Keenan's holding them back. Visit Tim. He's does a bartender. He, does, I was going to say, does he use his voice he for does. other things I'm besides sure pop battles? I'm sure he uses his his voice to uh that you man know, should sell, be doing voiceovers yes. yeah. a lot of things appetites on main and he makes fun of keenan as much as we do yeah yes i appreciated that yeah 
Yeah, it was great. Uh, okay, last week we talked about the increase in gender reveals. Yeah. Uh, I, I was curious if there was any actual data on this. And the best I could find is in 2017, there was a 60% increase in YouTube videos produced and watched about gender reveals. I I submit that that will correspond with the increase of everybody gets a trophy. I think that's there's no, you know, what's funny is I think that's being dialed back. And I think millennials, I, I was thinking about this week. Millennials take a lot of heat for, the everybody gets a trophy situation, but they didn't have a choice. They had with that. nothing to do with that. This is a hundred percent true. It's all the baby boomers' fault. Yeah, baby boomers. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Do you know whose fault it isn't? Ours. Yeah, it's not it, our fault. Gen X. Nothing's yeah. our fault because no. we never not tried my anything. Fault. Because we're waiting for the world to change. <laughs> we actually have to do something to get something done. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey. Um, how about Puff the Magic Dragon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Puff the Magic Dragon was released by Peter, Paul, and Mary in 1963. <laughs> uh, they claim it has nothing to do with drugs at oh, all. That's so sweet of them. Um, <laughs> Pete's Dragon, yeah. not Pete the Dragon, which all these years I thought the dragon was Pete, uh, was released in 1977 uh, and is a really not good film and was remade into an even worse mm-hmm. film. Uh, though maybe if you did drugs, you would like Pete's dragon. Mm. So I, I don't know, but that's there. Um, let's get serious for a minute here. I was re-listening to last week's show, mm-hmm. and I think Jim was feeling sad, Katie, about the video games. He was feeling like we, we you know, he didn't want to open up. And I just want you to know, Jim, Katie and I love you for you and we want you to be comfortable with you this is the second time this reminded me of the time you lied about not liking jewel and (laughs) you know you don't feel that you can be comfortable here (laughs) and you should do it listen video games sold 7.1 billion dollars last year Mm, so clearly you are more in the right uh, with your knowledge and relationship with video games than Katie and I are. I also want to show you this, everyone. This was this week, and this is the charity stream for Guardian Con, and I've overlaid Brian's face. $3,722,000 um, for St. Jude. Uh, and the guy who ran the last four-hour block, Dr. Lupo, hit uh, nine hundred and fifty grand in in just four hours. So pretty incredible. Even gamers have a heart, is what you're even gamer ga- the gaming community is, is very large, conscious. and yes. there's a large portion of them that like is, to do good. They are willing to spend as much on sick children For as the kids, they yeah. will on a small portion of their computers. Yes, uh, I, I I would add though I didn't Katie or certainly I was not making fun of video games. I just don't know anything about them. Katie was maybe judging. Not as much. No, I think that's I think that's a stereotype I was joking. that that is uh that is persistent. Now, someone who does Jim- not like gamers mm-hmm. is June Diane Rayfield. If you listen sure. to this week's episode of How Did This Get Made? Jim was very uh, you will see in that. talking about my body language, which when I rewatched, I did start doing this when Jim started talking about video games. Well, June it was June on that was an unconscious yes. decision. Yeah. Well, did you have have either of you listened to this week's How Does This no, Get Made? No, oh, there's when June has told Paul from the beginning, you will never play video games in front of me ever. 
there's a fantastic segment uh, uh, by a film I will talk about in my recommendations portion okay. later. Uh, and finally, this is a all call to help the DeSantos. Um, two big life big decisions. changes decisions occurred this week. One has already been resolved, which is uh, Katie and Jim were going to paint their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, what color did you decide on? You were asking for recommendations. I scrubbed most of it off of my hands already, but it's, it's in Lily's hair. Too. It's in, it's in, it's oh, in gosh. The air. It's all over my feet. Uh, we actually ended up going with white, which <laughs> may be the, the least committed of the colors. I know. But here's my thought on this. I, three thoughts. By the way, Katie, to, to figure out the color, Katie had to Google Best whites. I did. <laughs> Best whites. Which you can imagine once that returns from yeah, which went to which this. went to <laughs> immediately took her to Trump twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fundraising. We have all so, the best whites. <laughs> thought number one, I love gray. We've been painting our house gray for a long mm. time. Put this second this is the second house. We've had I'm a lot of gray rooms. Living in gray. We have a lot of gray in our lives. And I just felt like I wanted something a little different in our bedroom since our uh, mm. our furniture is gray. So um, you went with white. We did. But so here's my thought, Bri. Uh, I read an article about like researching folks, uh, what brings them joy in their surroundings in terms of design. And, mm-hmm. and it's pops of color. Not like walls covered in color, but like pops of color. And so what we're going to attempt is white background and then adding in some pops of color you know so you're gonna you're gonna your bedroom's gonna have flare it's gonna have some flare yep you you know a lot of flare flare Mm -hmm. brian yep yes you know who made the jews who had the uh, yes why would you say that because I've watched the movie a, Office Space. Office this is space. a movie, this is a movie podcast. God damn yes. it. <laughs> We're trying to do I lines from the, a film here. No, I knew the first line was Office Space. I did not know that the... I'm sorry. Yeah. Again, the, yes. the Hitler reference threw me. Um, uh, so anyway, we'll, I will, we'll post pictures when it's finished. Yes. Right now, it's just very white and gray. Yeah. But, All right. And the second, you guys are getting a dog. We're getting a dog. It's happening. What is the dog's name going to be? Can I show you a picture of the dog? No, we'll post the, the picture. We'll post a picture. Yeah, the dog is adorable. All right. I, I've seen, we've seen pictures of it. Uh, and Should we announce it? Yeah, good. Oh, you, you picked a dog we name did, already? We, yeah, the, the girls, girls decided on a it, name. Is it Stanley Kubrick? No, but no. that's a great name for a dog. It's close. Stanley is a great <laughs> name. Um, the dog's name is going to be Scout. Scout. Okay. What do we think? What, what does everybody think? Now, Brian, do you know why excited. the dog's name very is Very excited about this. Because of the children's dog toy that is trademarked and sold no, all across no, no, the globe? No, not that one. Oh, okay. I honestly don't know what it what finally made like what so the girls came up with that on their own. And Well, they 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 know you wanted to name the a dog Did they? scout. Yeah. That's like that was like a long time ago they remember conversation. Fucking everything. They do remember everything, that's mm. true. I well, love, there you go. I love the name. So scout. we have a dog. So well, we will I, have a dog. And my girls love me apparently, and so they They're naming the dog. on deciding naming it yeah, scout. scout. All right. Scout. Well, I like little, the name. I think that's dog. a good name. Yeah, it's a yeah. boy dog. It's a girl dog. It's a boy dog. Girl dog. It's a baby girl dog. It's a baby girl dog. All right, baby girl dog. No baby dog. She is so damn cute, Bri. She is like a little Oreo, like black and white stripes. I know this dog is going to piss on me when I visit. No, oh, yeah, she's going to hate you. It's it is absolutely going to do something mm-hmm. 
Yep. Absolutely. Mary Liz DeSanto would like to point out that it bridges both all of the worlds by being a baseball name and a literary reference. To, to kill a mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Also, Not Lily the was Aaron like, Sorkin version. Be a Girl Scout. Not the Aaron Sorkin version. <laughs> Not the Aaron Sorkin version. We're getting, we're getting some listener feedback that they enjoy the name Scout. Well, I think I, it's a great I, name. I, that's, that's a good name. If it was, gonna, if it was a boy, name. what would it be, have been? What, what, Scout. Do I yeah. always want to name the dog? Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, Samwise. Samwise. I'm sorry. Samwise. Oh, that would have been a good one, too. That would have been a good one, too. Um, All right. So it's time to talk Jaws. Who's doing the rundown Um, this week? You want to do it? I can do it. Yeah, Yeah, I can do it. Okay. So uh, sleepy Cape Cod town, beach season. No? Fictional island. Fictional (laughs) island, but it's somewhere in... Yeah, it is. It was filmed. It was filmed. They said the Cape at some point. No, they could go to... They're competing against the Cape. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. But you are right. It's Vineyard. It was filmed on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was supposed to be Long Island. We had this whole same conversation. We looked at Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Beach Town, start of the summer season, mm-hmm. shark attack. And the police chief immediately wants to close the beaches. The mayor is like, this is how this is our money maker. We need the tourists to come. You can't say that there is a shark on the loose. So, you're going to say that this is a boating accident. Chaos happens. More sharks attack. More people no, die. No, no, no one. More sh- There's only one shark. More sharks. <laughs> Cats and dogs living, living, together. living together. There's only one shark, and it attacks multiple times. So we Valentine's lose. Day. We lose a teenage Bummer. girl. We lose a little boy. We lose a man on a boat. Multiple times the shark attacks before finally they're like, yeah, we got to close the beaches, and then. They bring in the shark experts. So we get this very like uh, preppy. What's the guy's name? Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Dreyfus, Dreyfus, is Dreyfus Hooper. as Hooper, uh, who comes in as like shark expert, um, you know, like Ivy League educated kind of guy. And then we get Quint, who is the very rough around the edges shark hunter who wants a lot of money and some apricot brandy to go get the shark. And so those two and the sheriff who hates water and boats go off on a mission to get the shark. And you're going to have to watch the movie to see how it ends. I would have undercut him. I would have been like case of tea cooler bag, (laughs) bag of shop, right? Pretzels. And the boat, because I don't own a boat. Right. Is that we what, have a deal. Is that what you do in your negotiations with yes. contractors? Yes, my contract. Yep. I'm going to need instead. one case uh, <laughs> instead of instead, instead of, of a raise. <laughs> I'm going to need the following items. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant movie. Uh, by the way, first film ever to crack a hundred million dollars. Oh wow! Was that's Jaws that's, first that's film back also, in? Yeah, go ahead. Back in 75. So that's impressive. Now, I and I think that was before all the re-releases and things like that. I think that's like a legit hundred million. I'm not sure what it is now, but that's pretty crazy when films back then were like, I don't even know, probably like four or five dollars. I mean, maybe somebody if somebody's watching um, who remembers when Jaws was originally in it. I know some of our parents might be watching. They might have gone and seen Jaws. Um, Who saw Jaws in the theater? Show yourself. Um, yeah, I saw it as a re-release, but that doesn't count. That's cool, though. And it's, yeah, it was very theater. cool. It was very cool. It is credited as the beginning of the summer blockbuster. Ooh. 
Yeah, right? like it's really, the first summer blockbuster movie. It, huh. it was yeah, summer blockbusters. Filmmaking has changed obviously a lot before VHS and stuff like right. that. Um, in terms of when release windows would be, because I think the the thought process was people aren't going to go to theaters during the summer, right? You know, they're going to be doing things. So why would you release films? during the summer mm-hmm. and um Listen, everybody this one changed from that the heat because sometimes there's a shark in the water yeah well and this really is a big first i mean spielberg had done a few other things but this was the one that really kind of made him spielberg so he was still really young at this point here's what overwhelmingly struck me with this movie um after watching jurassic park it made me feel like this was a masterpiece and Jurassic Park is an over, uh, I don't over amplified piece of crap. It's not a piece I, of crap. No, but I do think that he uh, took on a lot of what he did with Jaws in Jurassic Park, and I would argue th- probably some of the best parts of Jurassic Park in terms of the visual components and things like that were things he honed on um jaws and yeah, i actually but i don't see that as like an improvement right like so well no I and i think there's jurassic a reason for that to this no but i also don't think i jurassic park is certainly not as good as this film but i also don't think jurassic park's awful okay. you know i think it's there's some things with it first of all a number one i think the best part about this movie which is you could argue something that jurassic park didn't do because it wasn't what jurassic park was about is you almost never see the monster yeah you know and there's practical reasons for that in jaws whereas in jurassic park it so much as of it is about seeing the monsters quote unquote you know and but I think I that's think, one piece of it. I think that it I think that that's a a movie blunder though, right? In in that like, hey, look what I can do. Like, look at my fancy monsters. Well, no, maybe. Not, but this was the Jurassic Park was the original though. I get that now. Like there's certain movies being made now where it's like crap just because they put mon- like uh, nobody was doing what they did with those special effects in Jurassic Park. Right. But I think the acting, which we hated in Jurassic Park, um, was nowhere near what the acting in this film is because the acting had to cover for the fact that they couldn't really show the shark. Well, the other but that the, makes for a better movie. When compare when comparing the two, the thing that stuck out to me was the way that they do character development in this movie mm. is by having characters interact with each other and tell really natural stories and passing along information to each other in very natural ways. Yeah. And in Jurassic Park, you have Jeff Goldblum. All you have well, <laughs> all you have is be people being like he doesn't like kids and well, we're just going to see him being mean to kids after we know we've kind of already been told that he doesn't like kids. Jeff Goldblum. So like can the never character development in Jurassic Park is a problem. It, it's oh, not well, interesting agreed. at all. Agreed. And in this movie it's the really characters interesting. characters are incredible. Mm-hmm. And when Richard Dreyfus, Katie mentioned this, when Richard Dreyfus comes on screen, he is the best. As much as people talk about Quint, Richard Dreyfus is the best part of this movie. Oh, me. I think he's be- I think he's better in it, too. Yeah. It's interesting because 
I often wonder when you watched when we did the Jurassic Park episode, I did lots of research on Jurassic Park, like the making of. And it wasn't quite to the level of Phantom Menace. Yeah. In the idea, but so much of the behind the scenes stuff was talking about how we're going to do this digital effect. How are we going to get into this world where, you know, like so much if you watch the making of Jaws and there's a great documentary on just the regular DVD, which I got from the library, which is Spielberg and everybody. The shark never worked, which is like if you know anything about it. But but I think Katie's right. It forced them to dig deeper into what the characters needed to be because they every day they were like, well, we can't show the shark. And what are we going to do? Right. And as a result, you get like Dreyfus mm-hmm. is the best. There's so many scenes like the autopsy scene where mm-hmm. I thought he's amazing. You barely see anything. You obviously can't show a young girl um, like her body. You know, they're going for a certain rating in this. They didn't want right, it to right. make a, a hard R. So back then you had PG or you had R. You know, PG-13 didn't exist. Was so, so much of this was PG. Wow. Yeah. Well, you got to remember back in the day before PG-13, you could see boobs. You could have uh, you could have all sorts of crazy stuff and get away with it. But it's all played out on his face in that sequence. And he does a great, great job of it. Asking for the glass of water. Oh, all of it. But then it reminded me of, uh, by the way, Scully and the X-Files. And I often wonder if Chris Carter, like that was an inspiration for him because he loved 70s film so much because watching that sequence was like almost every X-Files autopsy, the way he cut it and everything and shot it. And then just just getting to know that character uh, through that scene, right? Like you immediately know this is the first time he's seen maybe something like this, but also he's in, like he is into it and in like, he's going to, he's going to find the shark, you know, like, but even him showing up <clears throat> on the docks was like just a great, it, that was a great scene. Great montage oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. like, and Jim well, was talking about like the, the conversations and, oh, between God. you just feel, you feel the frenzy of the crowd. And then this new guy shows, the, showing the, up and, yeah. The way that Spielberg shoots these scenes where there's a million things going on. And this is very reminiscent. It reminds me of that. And we should. Did, we didn't do E.T. We should do E.T. eventually. No. But there is that scene in the beginning when they're having dinner and it's like everyone yelling at each other. And there's like it. He has a way of shooting scenes where. You're you're not just focused on two people having a conversation or the main action of the scene. There's so much stuff going on around the scene that is natural and feels, and you even get like little pieces of other characters in those moments sometimes. Um, And I feel like he's gotten away from that, like in a big way in most of his newer movies where, yeah. And, and I think it all does start with that split with like Jurassic park and Schindler's list. Like, he decided that this is a certain type of movie and I'm going to direct it this way. And this is another type of movie. And I'm going to direct it this way. Whereas like prior where you have things like jaws and ET, he, and, and, and Indiana Jones stuff you have just, I don't know. I, I just, I think that that's something that struck me again with watching this is like, this is the Spielberg that needs to like come back in some way. Like I wonder, I almost wonder if he can, 
Like, I, I feel, is that like a byproduct of who he was? You know, so much of d- these films, like, yeah. and how they direct is a byproduct of who they are in that time. And he's even said, by the way, there's a fantastic, I've brought this up on the show before, fantastic Spielberg documentary um, that was on HBO. And I think it might, because I think they did it. <laughs> but it goes into a little bit of that. And he talks about once he made Schindler's List, he kind of came to this decision that he was going to make very different types of films and then he went of course and made ready player one so maybe that was a lie i don't i don't know but no, but i, I uh, think i think what he what you're saying though is that he he kind of made a decision that when he is making a certain movie it he kind of categorizes it and puts it in a box whereas like i think his really great films he allowed to kind of breathe in any which way they kind of felt like they should go. There's well, this movie is true. There's a lot going on in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the first half of it is kind of the inner workings of this town, this fish out of water, chief Brody, who is a New York cop who's agreed to come to be on this Island. (laughs) Um, even though he hates water and hates the idea of it. And he was cast. Roy Scheider was cast because he was the sidekick cop in, um, the French connection. Mm -hmm. That's why Spielberg wanted him. And you get the whole inner workings of the town with the ridiculous mayor and all the town folk and all this type of stuff, by the way, supposed to be new England. Nobody has an accent. I didn't hear one person say shock. Where's the shock? Watch out for the shock. There's a shock. The shock. Shock in the water. Shock in the water. Yeah. Wicked shock. You know, nobody. You got this is like Martin Scorsese, New Yorkers playing New Englanders. Yeah. Why do you well, think go. they did that? Why not just make it New York? Yeah, because the book was in Long we Island. Wondering I, the I'm same like, thing and yeah. Well, nobody would know. And, yeah. And nobody would know. Nobody would know it was Martha's Vineyard. No, the geography yeah, I mean, you could film there and it wouldn't. No. Out and even Martha's Vineyard's geography, if you've never been there, is not something you're going to be. Oh, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Unless you're somebody who goes there all the time. Right. Yeah, it could have been a Jersey Beach people, town, like, honestly. Yeah, I don't know that choice. I thought that was an interesting one. Uh, but they with this film, like the first part is that. But the second half is very much almost like a three-man play yeah which is re i mean and you have to have some legit actors to pull that off and all three of them do you have a self-contained set it's almost like a stage play jaws the stage play the kids did it for alien next year that high school should do three of us by the way who's everybody who should everybody be i'm quinn that was a question i had (laughs) i had down i thought katie was quint uh jim was uh hooper no no, no, because he he has all his he has all his his tech he has all his tech stuff and i'm the guy that will not step foot on a A beach you're the guy that's going to get my legs cut off by a rope because you're an idiot yes i will not go on that boat Uh, not true a couple of weeks ago i went in boston harbor on a boat it was a paddle boat. boat I don't have problems with boats. I just don't. I don't actually even have problems with sand as long as I don't have to sit in it. All right. I'll walk on the beach. I just don't want to sit on the beach. And I have real issues with the scene of the girl going skinny dipping in the ocean. Now, never do that. I 
I would not skinny dip in the ocean. I would be afraid of an animal grabbing my testicles. Interesting. Like with but, a hand. So wait, like, but here's my like, question. Do like you, a stingray you, or like an octopus. Or I, I don't do like you, swimming in the okay, ocean. Okay, so it's not really about her skinny dipping. It's no, just about but her I'm just swimming saying, in the ocean. If, but if there's, at least if there's some clothes, maybe there's some protection against. See, that is their home. You're going into their home. You don't go naked into their home. What if... You recognize the animals don't wear clothes, right? Well, I know, but they still... You're going into their home. You're going into their home. So you should keep your clothes on to go into their home. No, no, no. I don't care. I just don't think you should go into it because it's their home. You can go in naked if you want. I just think your risk of having something go there is is rather dangerous. I mean, technically, Brian, every time you walk out the front door, you're going into another animal's home then. My yes. my my kids have mm, a no. really hard time with this. Like, why are there bugs outside? I'm like, so th- this is w- this is the bug place. Like, this this is this where the bugs. bugs this is the bugs. Oh my god, Brian! <gasps> Yesterday I was vacuuming, and a spider that was tarantula sized, like yay large in the fleshy mm. part, crawled out from under the carpet, and I nearly passed out. <laughs> You should have saved it for our next Harry Potter episode. No, it could have been Aragon. It was Aragon. I screamed. I made our kids come. I was like, you need to get me. It was actually really funny. The neighbor was over. I was like, I need paper towel or toilet paper. They came up to me with three different things. The first time they came to me with a sponge. I was like, that is not going to work. I need toilet paper or paper towel. Then they came back with a kitchen towel. It's like, like a like a legit towel. I was like, I'm not killing the spider with that. I killed it with a two by four. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? That's not a two by four. I know exactly no, what you're talking about. Uh, one by four. <laughs> just if anybody's anybody from PETA is listening, we did not actually kill that spider. No spiders are the harmed at all. We moved it outside. Um, we often talk about gratuitous um, attempts at nudity, like Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. in her tiny underwear. Mm-hmm. How about the ridiculous use of old man boobs in this film? I really that needs it. to be that needs to be discussed. Mm-mm. I mean, you got the lady, you got the lady boobs at the beginning. Uh, I appreciated the old man boobs because that's the beach. This was like, yeah, it was a realistic picture of a right? beach. That's the beach. Yeah, it was not like, uh, you know, spring break. Yeah, I appreciated that uh, the sheriff's wife was dressed appropriately. Mm-hmm. They didn't pick like a, you know, 21 year old bombshell. Like she looked like. Like the sheriff's his, wife. His, yeah, like his his companion, like his person. Right. Yeah. Like that was a believable relationship. And she dressed appropriately. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite um, line in the whole movie. <laughs> Want to get drunk and fool around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, I, would, no, I wanted you know more what, of her. You know what actually is the funny line that I think we realized at the same time? Yeah. There's hat, ha- the hat that, hair. No, no, no. no. Stop. Stop. That's some no. bad hat, Harry. That's a bad hat, Harry. No. <laughs> Which became Brian Singer's production yes. company line. Yeah. Yes. As an homage to to Spielberg. To this film. Uh, Amazing. One little bit of really great filmmaking in this that I love. And it ties into a recent film we did, Vertigo, is the Vertigo film thing of the zoom and the pull away done better in this film than in Vertigo. Than in Vertigo. Yeah. However, uh, what I really noticed is right before that happened. So this is when Brody's. Uh, sitting on the beach the day after the girl gets killed, um, and he's kind of he struggling. There's a shark. He knows there's a shark, and he's struggling with the fact that like there's a bunch of people enjoying their summer and in the water where there's a shark. And 
right prior to the the kid getting eaten, um, they do this thing where they're like they have a a camera on Brody from far away, and every time someone walks in front of the camera, it jump cuts to like a closer yeah. camera, and then someone walks and it keeps doing that, and the tension and anxiety that it makes you feel, and it makes you understand that he's feeling at that moment, because um, I think I think that's like. You know, to me, it reminds me of like when I'm at my like heightened point of watching the kids do something yeah. they probably shouldn't be doing. Yep. But I'm like, oh, I'll just let them see how this is going to play out. Yep. Um, and yeah, so I I I thought that was brilliant too. Yo, he wanted to shoot that sequence as one uncut element, and yeah. it just wasn't possible. So that is is brilliant. What he, he does, like a wipe cut, which if you notice, the boy and Chief Brody yeah. is every time they cut, somebody's walking by and brushing. Yeah. So it almost looks like one continuous shot, but he's cheating. And it is, it is really... There's some great... Spielberg has always been, whoever he works with, um, very good at framing shots. There's that one sequence when Hooper and Quint and Brody are going out to sea and he does this long shot through the shark teeth, like as the boat goes out, right. some really cool framed uh, stuff in this sequence. So I'd like to talk about my favorite scene, which is the boats, the, the, the drunken boat yeah. scene where they're trading injury stories with each other and we find out quint's backstory in yeah. terms of oh, man. you know him being a veteran delivered the bomb to you no on the uss in hiroshima indianapolis yep. and then ended up losing you know a third more than a third of his compatriots to shark only infested i waters. think only like no, it was more than more that. More than that, half of them survived. I think. Yeah, I think. I think maybe Ooh. a third. Survived. Oh yeah, it was it's like only three hundred survived. It's a yeah. terrifying story. Um. So, but then I want to just bridge that to the the only scene that I didn't I didn't quite understand, like what what we as the audience were supposed to take from it, which is as they make the decision to to take the boat back. To land and to try to like beach basically like beach the shark right like that's the idea is like bring the shark into shallow water you know quint says then he'll drown he can't he can't dive down they've got him kind of buoyed up with the um containers that they've like javelined into him um hooper keeps saying to him like don't don't push the engine because they've already had to patch mm. the engine right like don't push it. it. It can't handle that. It can't handle that. And this is like the intellectual, right? The, the the Ivy League guy. And we've been led as an audience to believe like Quint knows what he's doing, right? He knows his boat. He knows these animals, like everything he's done so far. Like you can see why he did it, you know, like that he, he knows what he's doing, mm -hmm. except for that scene. And Jim pointed out that he puts on his his army jacket. Basically, yeah, he comes right? like, out with his service jacket after that. His service jacket, not army, but um. So he's got he's got his service jacket on, and so I said, like, so are we supposed to believe that he's just like kind of he's flipped a switch? Like, is he he wants to kill the engine? Like, he wants to have this kind of like final showdown with the shark? Is it a suicide mission? Like, that was the only piece in the movie that I wasn't quite sure. Like. 
what were we supposed to take away from that character decision? Well, I thought so. I actually thought that Quinn's character and Hooper's character are very similar to Hammond's character and Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park, where you have like both, you know, people of the same, I would say almost intellectual level. But, you know, Jeff Goldblum is kind of saying this isn't going to work, isn't going to work. And and it doesn't kind of work. And Quint was the guy who thought he had. I think they both thought they kind of all had the same answers, which is what Goldblum did. You know, Ian Malcolm always thought he had all the answers, and yeah. so did John Hammond. Well, Quint thinks he's like, these buoys are going to work. This is going to work. And as those things start to collapse, you'd have to imagine somebody who lived through something like that would snap at some point. Oh, okay. And like yeah, to I- me, was it like this guy is like, I will not. You know, the shark will not his life had to be defined by sharks. Right. I mean, look at it. His whole office in air quotes, whatever the hell that thing was, was shark teeth everywhere. He surrounded himself (laughs) by that. Yeah. Why would anybody who would live through that? You would think the opposite would happen. Right. You live through something like that. You never get in a freaking boat again. You never go near another shark again. And he's done the opposite. And now all these things, he's always been able to best a shark. And now he's not yeah so to to me it was like this the survivor's guilt which is Mm. people sort of take that in a number of ways one could be i'm going to get revenge right like there's there's like a revenge element which clearly up until this moment he's been hunting sharks um and then there's also the like I i don't deserve to be here they deserve and i'm gonna go down the same way that they did right yeah um, Absolutely. And so and he did. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that's an important um, thing, I think, that Spielberg does in and, you know, how they crafted the script. I, I never read the book, so I don't know how that all plays out in the book. But, you know, it to me, the moment you start to really dive into that and the characters start to, like, talk about it or something, it subverts the whole plot line and makes it less interesting yeah w- into that decision you mean yeah because they're so. they're so heightened at that moment no, that I like they're so. not going to notice like that he's really losing it because they're all sort of losing it in their own way in okay that moment but i i guess that's that's what my question was though is like i it just didn't yeah it just didn't quite hit the like level of clarity for mm-hmm. me as the viewer of like it is that what's happening right like is yeah. is he losing it and it's paired with the fact that we never really find out why brody doesn't want to be near yeah. water yep and so like yeah there's that, that did, weird that didn't that didn't bother me necessarily but there's, a weird scene. there's that weird scene right where they're <laughs> he going starts like, lifting his shirt as if he's going to show he's them gonna a show, scar yep uh, I, I never reckon. I never. I never actually. That I, yeah, I didn't this, even pick up on that. Movie. Yeah, because okay. they're trading back and forth. Like, here's this thing that happened. Here's this thing that happened. And Brody's quiet, and he starts lifting his shirt up. Mm. By the and way, I thought like that's when we're gonna find out why he doesn't like the water. Is the parody of that scene in Wayne's World two? When the roadies are going over like their scars, Maybe. and he's like, "It probably he's is like, Aerosmith, nineteen seventy-eight, or <laughs> or it could, or it could be Lethal Weapon two, or, or no, oh, was they, it three? Where where Nate Russo and Mel Gibson start showing all their uh, no, yeah. but the, um, that scene in particular, I'm not sure that dialogue or much of that dialogue is in the book because that sequence was rewritten pretty significantly there's a great film bio on john milius 
uh, oh who's a director. Walter. Who's an, yeah, who's the basis of Walter Sobchak. <laughs> um, also the writer and director of Conan the Barbarian and Red Dawn. And Apocalypse and, Now, uh, right? Yeah, and Apocalypse. I don't know if he gets. Yes, he does. He got, actually has sole credit for that. But he went to film school with Spielberg and uh, well, Spielberg didn't go, excuse me, with George Lucas and Brian De Palma and Spielberg and all those guys were best friends. And Steven Spielberg was filming it. And he's like, I need something. You know, the shark's not working. We need some call John Milius. John Milius wrote it basically on the spot and read it over the phone to Steven Spielberg. And then they gave it to Robert Shaw, who plays Quint and he made notes and then they did it. And it's an obscene amount of dialogue. That is a one. Well, it's a two shot. Cause you see Dreyfus right. Dreyfus is awesome. Both of them are awesome. Robert Shaw is awesome. He's chewing up scenery, doing pages of dialogue. Yeah. But Spielberg keeps it on Dreyfus in the background, and he plays it as a guy, you well, like a guy who's absorbing this when they've just been joking around, and now this guy is going into this insane dialogue about what he survived. It yeah, was well, crazy. The, the brilliance of that is that you know at, th at that point you've gotten to know Hooper a lot, and you know he knows that story <laughs> inside out. He knows even without like him him saying it. You know, because of his obsession with sharks, that he knows everything about that Indian. That could story. be known. Absolutely. And, so and now like he's next find, to somebody. Yeah, he, and he's in, starting to realize he's sitting next to someone that was there. Like, it, it, yeah, it's an amazing scene. It's amazing. This film um, obviously has been an inspiration for a lot of horrific sequels um, <laughs> and some other films, which are mildly enjoyable. Revenge. Uh, yeah, um, Deep Blue Sea, which I enjoy, which is that's a ridiculous a movie. That, that's a ridiculous movie, but it's fun. Uh, and most recently, Jason Statham and the Meg, uh, which I would not recommend. Uh, some people might like it. I um, saw a double feature of the Meg, followed by seeing Mission Impossible Fallout for the fifth time. And the Meg, I did not like. Um, but this film, the thing that this film does, again, the shark, eh. Uh, the shark itself when they show it is okay by 1975 standard but it, it is the to me the least interesting and it doesn't even matter to me the performances the setup everything in this movie is just so well done yeah and by the way john williams yeah another home run and, and, and when you start to talk about his scores everyone everyone will immediately go to star wars but there I can't give Star Wars an edge on Jaws. And on well, that bonum bonum, like no way. Spielberg laughed at him. He thought it was a joke. It, like he Spielberg tells the story that he loved John Williams and this was the movie he was going to do, mm -hmm. and he thought he was going to do something like the theme was going to be something more. And Williams just played the two keys, and at first Spielberg didn't get that the brilliance of it is you can go really fast or really slow. Yeah. Or you can drag it out, or you, and it works in all the sequences that Spielberg wanted to shoot, and it is brilliant. There is a part though that is uh, that where this movie kind of brings some levity, and I don't want to say levity in the fact that like we're laughing, but your spirits are raised a little bit through the score when they when they get the barrels attached, the score gets to this really different. Um, 
kind of like happy and triumphant. Like it's hard to describe, but but for this film, it stuck out a little bit, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> well, they said the barrel saved the film. Yeah, well, that makes sense because, because they it, they it, didn't. The shark was supposed to, you were supposed to see the shark fin and everything for that whole sequence, and it wouldn't work. And they're and somebody finally came up with the barrel, and they're like, the movie saved. Like if we don't have the barrels and it's, it's even better. I think seeing the barrels is better than let's say the Meg, for example, which is available to watch. And Katie, I know you love Jason Statham. <laughs> so maybe you should watch it. And there, it's not awful. It's not dark Phoenix level bad or anything like well, that by any stretch. But you I, always I, I see the shark. Turkish. I said, Turkish. based on the trailer, it looks like you're supposed to laugh. It's supposed there's supposed to be a humor, uh, a dark I, humor to the movie. It's I, just not well executed. Have and you I love seen Statham. Piranha 3D, Brian? Uh, of course, I've seen Piranha 3D. I have not, and I've I've been wondering if I should watch it. Well, why not? The, here's here's my my quick review of the Meg because maybe we'll do it someday. It just they don't go into being campy enough. Gotcha. Oh, okay. They yeah. try to be a little like you got Statham. They do some campy stuff, but it's not enough. This movie, however, is spot on. It's with not Hobbs everything. and Shaw level not campy. No, campy. they should have. They, yeah, they like should have just old Hawaiian woman took our guns. We're going to use axes. Mm, and shit. Yes. Well, I will be there the first night that film comes out. I'm going to tell you that right <laughs> now. Wait. All right. Uh, we Katie has an enormous shark pillow yep. uh, it's for a, those it's who a just listen. Bag. You can actually yep. get, inside get inside. Can there. I sleep in that the when I? Kittner kid is in here. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's mean. Ooh. I did appreciate the scene where his mother was like, bullshit. You knew the difference. Like, yes. slap. I liked that because, you know, again, 1975, there's no women in this movie in important roles. But I appreciated no. that. Like, the woman brought the wisdom. I was like, you knew better. Yep. Shame on you. All right, let's go spanning globe pop culture. And uh, this week's instant reaction trailer is a film I'm sure Katie's going to want to see. I watched it, um, and it's called Midsummer. Jim, we got a second here. Why don't you quickly? Can can we just get? We can get Katie's reaction for like. I'll I'll talk about something else. Yeah, as she watches this. Okay, I'll. I'll, I'll I'll tease what we're going to do after this trailer is Jim. Hold on. Let me see if up. I can figure out how I can make sure that the people on don't hear it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can we can just show it to the people? No, I don't think we can do that. The people. Well, no. we're, we're just, I just, this movie is so you and Jim, just skip ahead of, about maybe like 20 seconds in the trailer. Hold on. on all right, we'll watch you, you, you keep talking, Brian. Um, so, all right. So the game we're going to do coming up today is quite possibly our hardest game we've ever done. Uh, we'll be playing our regular, one of our regular games this week of one and done, own it and skip it. But I've picked three films that we've done that are actually really good films. So the skip it choice is going to be ridiculously hard. This week's one and done, own it and skip it is Jaws, Alien and The Shining. So that's really, really hard. And as Jim gets the trailer ready, I can All also right. plug uh, quickly our Veronica Mars special, which is coming in July. And if you are not watching Veronica Mars, you should be rewatching Veronica Mars so you can take part in our Veronica Mars special. All right. All let right. us watch this. And, okay, here and, we go. Here's a live reaction. Katie watching Midsummer, <laughs> coming out July 3rd in all theaters.
those just listening to the podcast and not watching. Katie's looking concerned. I'm going to do this like it's a golf, uh, PJ. Now she's looking startled. Eyebrows raised. Things are about to get a little crazy because we're 30 seconds into this. Yeah. Finger painting. Bingo? Question mark. Oh, this film has religious cult in it. Get into this. Oh my gosh. Okay, number one, I love the summer solstice, and I am sad about anybody that's exploiting the summer solstice. Number two, it rings a little bit like uh, Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. Like, you know, everything here seems like utopia, and then it's only because we sacrifice each other sort of thing. Did you get to the end? Because there's some really disturbing images at the end. So this makes me ask questions similar to when I saw the trailer to the Meg, because it so is it supposed to be scary or is it yeah. supposed to be yes. funny? The first, this, the, this is the second trailer, to be fair. The yes. first trailer is way more, there's way more intrigue. Okay. And to me, it has more of a feel of something like Get Out than huh. a campy. I mean, this one literally said like finger painting. Bingo. Oh, Question I don't mark. think this is supposed to be. This is from the director of Heredity. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This is freaky. Have you seen Heredity? I have not, but I heard I have. So dis- you what? I've seen some of it. Brian, and it was very disturbing. You saw a scary movie? No, I will watch scary movies from time to time. It was very disturbing. Like elements of it was on, and I saw some of it. I watched 1986's this- House when you were out, which is yes. Jim, Jim thought it was a good ridiculous idea. Ridiculous horror. Did it text me at twelve thirty in the morning That's to tell funny. me he was watching? Movie. Was it twelve? Oh, it was after it was 12. Yeah. Oh, when I had the girls? Yeah. The girls and I went to Knobles. That'll be my plug. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, all right. So Midsummer Freaky comes out July 3rd. Uh, we'll listen back to see if we'll ever do a live trailer okay. watch again. So one and done. All right. One and own done. It. So let's go right in. One and done. Gosh. Own it. Skip it. Jaws. Now, this is hard. legitimately hard because some, hard. sometimes we do this and it's so simple. I'm like, oh, it, there's no challenge. It's hard. like, what are you going to skip? Uh, like last I'm time ready. we played this I'm game. Ready to go. All right. All right. Go so, ahead, Jim, you go first. One and done for me would be Jaws. Own it would be Alien and skip it would be The Shining. All right. <sighs> Do you want and me to that's go, Katie? just strictly based on how much I enjoy the movies. All right, go, Brian, go, go. I only own The Shining, so I think it's fair that I would take that, and that yeah. was probably the one. Um, one and done, I think, would be Jaws, <sighs> and I'd have to skip Alien. I wouldn't want to skip either. I wouldn't want to skip any of these three films. No. Um, like, I own The Shining, and I will buy the new 4K updated version that's coming out this fall of The Shining. So I have to go with The Shining as the one I don't because it's the only one I own. Aliens and Jaws is really tough. Um, but I've said on when we did Alien, if I had to pick Blade Runner or Alien, I'd probably pick Blade Runner. Not that I mean, Alien's great, but I just something Jaws, I think, is a little bit more rewatchable, even though it's one and done. So mm-hmm. I would say somebody somebody should see it once. Alien might be so creepy, too, that certain people wouldn't even watch it. Jaws, I think, is creepy, but not as that alien man, the face hugger, all that stuff. Certain people just would never agree to watch that. This is very hard. 
All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with uh, Brian with owning the Shining. I was. I'm torn between the Alien and, and Alien and the Shining. All right, own the Shining, one and done. Alien, skip it, Jaws. Wow, that's my yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this really, is not really an easy one. one. Really you shouldn't one. you shouldn't skip any I, of them. But... And I will say that, like for me, the yeah, they're they're all. It, this is a really hard one. the The thing about Jaws is that that scene that we talked about is the best scene, maybe of all three movies. Well, that's interesting. Well, certainly, um, I mean, certainly character development wise, they're different films too. I mean, yeah. and the, all of them create. And you're on the edge vibe, but right, right, yeah. This was a good, good group here. All right, uh, things we talk about a beer over at Oscars. If someone had to ask you for a recommendation, I didn't say that right, but <laughs> no, but, it was just, 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 just move on. <laughs> just move on. I'm trying to get us done here because it's almost ten thirty at night. Okay. Uh, if someone asked you for a recommendation of some place to vacation this summer, where would you send them? Summer recommendations. We are in the summer. Ooh. Our, I'm our constant. My Italy. constant rec is always Italy. Yeah. If you're going to go one place in the world. And I mean, we haven't been everyone where in the world, but the best place that we have been is Italy. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we'd go. I'd go to Maine. Cry. Not, really? Like anywhere in the world? Well, no, for a summer vacation, a legit, like, I'm, I'm not you most mean people like can't a get, summer vacation. Yes, like, most people can't get on a plane and go to Maine oh, well, or you Italy. You didn't say that, Brian. You well, said someplace to vacation this, this summer. Yeah, it doesn't say like go on a I like, didn't know, that, like, but, summer like, vacation. Well, that's budget conscious. Yes. A place but, we can drive uh, within five hours. You didn't no. give me those filters, well, Brian. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Unlike you, I wasn't being judgy. Well, I was okay I am when you said be judgy right when now. you said when you when you said when you said Italy, I said that's oh cool, go to Italy. And then you said I would go to Maine. That's okay. not comparable. Not comparable. Well, why does it have to be comparable? It should be. Why? Because I think we should have clear parameters on our games. Well, then you do the show <laughs> breakdown next week. I swear I've been pouring out of this and it's not getting lower. It's actually I agree infinity. with that. It's it is not. Infinity. It's just the same. I'm sorry. Um, I would go to Maine. Brian a great state. Maine. And I'm wearing a Maine t-shirt. We should. You should take us to Maine. I you should go to Maine. You could go to, Maine. to Portland, Maine. Oh, Fantastic. Your, your brother. Your I've... brother and... and... Jerry and Lisa were in Maine this this weekend. They went to the see. Oh, that was this weekend. Yeah, babe, our our anniversary is tomorrow, and I forgot. And my mom it's reminded me. Oh my god! <laughs> it's fourteen years. It's, it's so summer. Yeah. Like I don't even know what day it is. I knew it was the Brian, summer. Brian, you didn't say anything. Uh, so I'm anyway, excited. I only yeah. know that because my my brother and sister were going for the for their anniversary, and our anniversary is the same weekend. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, I drank a lot at your wedding, and I don't remember. And my wife got your underage brother drunk. Yes, she at your did. Wedding. Aileen Costello. Yeah, he threw up broccoli in the in so the much, uh, shower, so and as drinking. my sister likes to remind me. Yeah. Yes, I'm not a four of that. Uh, so okay, go go to Italy or go to Maine. All right, uh, do, do you know what's great? Depends on your there budget, you uh, dude. Yeah. I'm we, a we have huge, everybody covered. I am also a huge Disney. Huge. Not not yeah. I'm not in the like, summer though. I'm not one you of the go- Di- Disney people that is like I don't know the rules and like the the hacks and things. I just like it. 
Um, yeah. well, somebody yesterday awesome. at my wine tasting was recommending the Finger Lakes as like someone at your wine tasting yesterday was talking about fingering. <laughs> I fucking hate lakes. <laughs> no, but here's the thing: standing water. Here's the thing. No, the idea is: is there sand? That no, you don't dude, go in the ocean. The you don't go in the out. ocean either, so it doesn't matter. I'll go in the ocean. You don't go in the ocean. Jim and I went to the I'm beach together ocean. once. Dude, we we carried down a bag of Doritos with us and we're there for like five no, minutes. We and then we returned to the room. The bag of Doritos. <laughs> we're gone. We watched a replay of a baseball game, like instead of being at the beach. Before. You two need to stop talking. You're ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous um, anyway, the finger right. lengths in New York are supposed to be spectacular. Yeah, they're not that spectacular. Uh, I hate lakes. Yes, I have. <laughs> I grew up in upstate New York. I do. I do not like lakes. Have you been to the wineries? Apparently there, there are castles. Well, no, because yeah. I was have you had any of those great New York no, wines. Well, apparently now there are Italian winemakers moving to the Finger Lakes because folks are like, no, we don't want the shitty, sweet Finger Lakes wine. And so now there are like Italian wineries at the Finger Lakes. They still All right, have to that's net. fucking grapes there. Well, maybe yeah. they don't. I don't know. Maybe they import maybe the grapes. That's exactly All right. right. Well, Do you know what they have in Maine? Blueberries, and they're delicious. What? Also, I, who are lots you? of breweries. What happened? Lots of breweries, <laughs> lots of places to go. Um, Do they to have be fair, TVs I don't, there? Oh, yeah. There's plenty of hotels. Are there movie I wouldn't, theaters? Oh, yes. I don't camp. I wouldn't go camp there. Aren't there moose there in Maine? Well, and yeah, but that's just like on the T-shirts. It plurals meese, I think. Well, there's, to be fair, there's people with guns everywhere. How many meese? Uh, <laughs> uh, good Lord. Um. All right. This sign... Oh, this week's <laughs> sign. How much wine did you have on that pajama walk with your kids? Only two glasses. <laughs> Only two glasses. Of course, it was One Hope Wine. And if you're looking for your wine needs, make sure you order from One Hope Wine. The Belvedere don't play. No. No. Never no. does. Uh, this week's sign, The Apocalypse Grows Ever Nearer, um, yeah, involves a religious order sect. So it's tied into our Midsummer trailer and watch the Midsummer trailer if you're interested. Oh, this uh, is hilarious. A, a group that is known as the Return of the Order, uh, which is a Christian religious organization. And I use the term Christian very loosely when I talk about organizations. They such heard as about this. a guy named Christ yeah. once. Yeah, they heard about a guy named Christ once and they decided to join in. Uh, got 20,000 people to sign a protest letter uh, to Netflix to cancel Good Omens. Um, Good Omens is a show that stars David Tennant from Doctor Who mm -hmm. and um, Broadchurch. Broadchurch. And uh, this show was recommended by Keenan Laird of Pop Addled. I've been waiting to watch it. Very mm -hmm. excited for it. It's Sent a big this book, right? It's a, it's a, yes, it's a Neil Gaiman. Uh, yeah. Um, and not Neil Diamond. No, different. Which would be really fucking interesting they if Neil Diamond wrote a book. Coming to America. Well, Neil Gaiman. Uh, so. He wrote this fantastic. So these people are protesting it. Uh, they are claiming the show normalizes Satanism yeah. and mocks God's wisdom. Um, and they sent this off to Netflix and Netflix kindly informed the group that, in fact, Good Omens is made by Amazon Prime. The funny, oh, no, the funniest wait, part. Wait, wait, wait. Was I, that I thought it was canceled. 
No, it's not canceled. It was a, it oh, was did, a mini series, but it didn't matter. Oh, did I read it, an Onion article? <laughs> yeah, right. you probably the funny, did. The, the best part of this is that um, Netflix responded to Am- sent some tagged Amazon Prime in a, t- in a tweet yeah. and said, "Hey, we promise you guys we won't make any more." And and oh, then Amazon I Prime see. came okay. Amazon Prime came back and said, "We've decided to cancel Stranger Things as yeah, a result yeah, of yeah, this." Yeah. <laughs> But this really just ties in the fact that I am sick of all organizations and all groups and all people starting online protests to have things banned or removed or any of these things. This is why you like Maine. So let's let's talk about Yingling beer. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even want to bring that up. That was just text to you as a private. Because I like I really like I worked this out upstairs while I was painting. I was like, Mm -hmm. well, tell people what it is because they might not know. But I mean, listen, Dick Yingling has long been a like fucking idiot. (laughs) Well, staunch Republican. Okay, the smartest thing he did was let his daughters run the company. Yes. But and now he should stop talking. But anyway, so I was thinking about how like so as an educator, Brian, there is an expectation that we are supposed to stay neutral, which I have to admit, well, no surprise to anyone, has never been as difficult as it's been in the past two years, right? Like, I I was a teacher during George W. The, The challenge of the past two years in terms of, like, speaking respectfully about the office of president and about leadership like it's it's really hard and i have not done a good job of it i'll be honest about that um but as a business person you can say whatever the fuck you want and yeah. that i mean well, and that's the truth so and then so the, we as consumers decide whether we want to give our money to those people so yeah. so this is brought up because ying Ling beer from katie's hometown where teachers drink with kids and parents watch silk stockings with Oh, don't do you that. that. Middle of school children has decided to endorse President Trump. And and my fact is with this and this ties into the good omens thing. If you don't want to drink Yingling beer because of that, fine. Right. Should there be online protests? Should there be people picketing it? My opinion? No, yeah. I think you should save pickets for people like, I don't know. The Weinstein guy who was like legit raping people like that to me. Great cause. Right. OJ Simpson. We can protest against that guy. Like some of these people. Or you to can just protest go, against go, whatever you want. You okay. can protest against whatever you want. But this idea of writing to companies and saying we do, you should not produce good omens because we feel it's then don't watch it. Especially when it's not even on network television or anything. Like you have to have a subscription to Netflix. Which they clearly, clearly did not understand. Yeah, I don't think they understood any of that. And it's just like wild. It's like when we we did a a sign of the apocalypse story where the guy wanted to sell Montana or North Dakota. I can't remember. Never in like fifteen thousand people signed that one. Yeah. Like uh, to sell North Dakota to Canada. And fifteen theaters, and and I don't think people actually read what they're doing. Um, all right, before we turn into a political podcast, um, we'll have many podcasts. Single, uh, we'll have um, stories, uh, wineries of the Finger Lakes podcast yeah. upcoming. Uh, moms who take their kids on walks and drink wine stories podcast. Of Katie's high school podcast. Yes, That's stories of one. which I think would be <gasps> that came up by the way on the. 
I was I, I did a wine tasting last night, and the husband of my hostess went to St. Ambrose with me. You're I almost school. put that picture on our com school. major site. Like, I, like, what are the odds? There were 18 or less kids per class in my grade school. Yeah. Two hours away from here. And this guy was like uh, just a grade away from me. It, like he's he's in my <laughs> just like, he's, two hours away. Just so, two hours away. To be fair, in the ma- the closest major metropolitan. Oh, that's area. true. So that's true. If you have the instinct to escape, hopefully you do. <laughs> if you have, hopefully you get it. If you, you get have out. the escape velocity, <laughs> if you can get out farther and yeah. further and oh, faster no than somebody offense. else. All right, let's move Scoople on to County. plugs because Knobles. Uh, no, no, uh, it's time Not for in County. Not in Schuylkill County. Time for five questions. Five questions. So for Brian uh, this week, Brian's going to be answering. I wrote these. All right, thumbs up or thumbs down? Fishing. Uh, thumbs down. I, I never fished as a child. Uh, my father never took me. He didn't fish. So I, I feel that's like <laughs> you're blaming something... everything on Dennis. That is not N- fair. No, I feel like that's something that you kind of are taught. Uh, last year, we went fishing at the local pond. Uh, there was an event and they gave you like the fishing rod and stuff. And, you know, so all of us were there and Claire caught a fish right away. It was pulled out of which then I was told that I had to take it off the hook and throw it back in. And if only, <laughs> if only there was video of that. Yeah. If only it there was video. might as well told you to build a space shuttle right on the yes. spot. <laughs> and I did it. I'll have you all know. Good work. And I still am haunted to Are this Are you still washing your hands? I am still haunted every moment of that. I, yeah, I actually like fishing. I want Aileen's perspective on this experience. Yeah. I Please. think she was very proud of me, as oh, Claire and Jack were. God. They still talk about it as if I was a hero for doing it. That's amazing. All right, number two. Would you rather drink a bottle of apricot brandy, the drink of choice of Quint, or... Peach schnapps, the drink of choice of junior year, Jim and Brian. Oh, peach schnapps. I will actually, Disgusting. when we do our, I will be there in, in July when we, when we do our uh, Veronica Mars special. Yeah. Um, I will from Philadelphia. I will actually uh, take a swig straight from the bottle of peach schnapps. I don't know that we actually have a bottle. Oh, we yes, do. We, we do. do. We do. Because yeah. I gave it. Do you do? Because I gave it to bottle of Trader Joe's yes, two Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Fill in the blank. Blank would be the name of my boat. The Flying Wasp. The Flying Wasp. Like white Anglo-Saxon From what movie? Protestant. I, I recognize it, but I can't remember. Caddyshack. Caddyshack. We christen the, the Flying Wasp. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four. Favorite. And this came because uh, I realized that he hasn't been in a lot of movies recently mm. that are big. Because he's a really... He's kind of a dick okay. in real life. Favorite Richard Dreyfus movie? What about Bob? What about Bob's a good choice. With I, Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus. I love, but I haven't watched it in a while, Close Encounters. Very I good. I love Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, Very yes. good. Um, oh, he's a great actor. I think he's just... So many... He's not. That's Paul Giamatti. Never mind. And the Paul, the, G- you're just com- <laughs> confused. Paul Giamatti and Richard Dreyfuss. That's actually a pretty good analog. If you, like, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. He's also very good in American President with Michael Douglas and yes. Matt Benning. But I will say my my like under the radar one is, um, 
what's it called? Uh, Stand by Me, where he plays the narrator. He plays the older version of Gordy. Huh. So didn't remember. Oh, that. yeah, I didn't. He's remember the one that that's either. writing the book, and he's remembering. Okay. Everything. Yeah. Awesome. So he yeah. does all the voiceover. He is a great actor, though. I mean, he really does. He does some really yeah, good stuff. Sometimes asshole people can yeah. do things really well. well. Deep m- a lot of actors. Yeah. If you could go back and change your major and have a totally different career, what would it be? And this well, came because I was thinking about Richard Dreyfus, and I'm like, that character of like being a marine biologist from like the Marine Institute or whatever. Like, well, how do you get into that? Like, I guess you got to start back. Well, to be fair, I don't actually have a career in my major from college, so maybe well, I would have gone back and just done education. So no, I no, saved no, no. myself I, an extra year of school. I meant like, y- oh, you do you know what I would have to go back and change like your trajectory? So, oh, do you know what I would have done? I would have gone back and um, become an accountant like Jerry, because it seems like it's such an exciting life. And Dan Barrio. And Dan Barrio. They oh are such love. <laughs> They're so in love over their, their relationship. Their is accounting so and their, the fact that that Jerry hates I all get, but whites. I get infinitely more offended every time I listen to the two of them talk to each other. <laughs> all right. Ooh, Dan and Jerry, but they, yeah. love, but they, they do know. love each other. I know. I just can't. They do. Uh, no. I, let me think. Um... I think my skill set is very limited, so <laughs> I think I'm, we, not, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah. not sure what this, else I could. I'm not sure what else I could yeah, major. It's in. not like the name of this podcast is like pre med majors, and then we have other options. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably just have to stay with my major. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm not sure I would have got accepted in anything else. Um, all right, let's go recommendations. You go first. What's everybody right? have? Uh, I'm reading a great book right now, uh, Past Tense. It's a Lee Child, Jack Reacher thriller. Uh, some people might know Jack Reacher from the Tom Cruise movie, Jack Reacher, which mm-hmm. if you've never seen, I highly recommend. It's a really good film. Uh, so it's a book series. So I'd recommend that. Uh, Rules of War, again, is coming out. And that's uh, less than a month away. Uh, so that's out. Um, I saw the movie Serenity. Not the Serenity that we like that was based on the Firefly TV show. Uh, Serenity with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. And it was not good. Uh, I will be fair. I rented it from Redbox for 80 cents because they send me coupons constantly. Um, and it only coupons? costs $2. Or, yes. It, digital coupons. Uh, I watched it because it's this week's How Did It Get Made uh, episode. <laughs> and I have a, a, a thing since I have the summer off because I'm a teacher. I'm going to actually watch all the How Did This Get Made movies of which we, of course, are going to mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, this movie is awful. And it is perfect for that show. And if you can rent it for 80 cents or get it free from your library, I would recommend only watching the movie if you listen to How Does This Get Made? Yeah. And that would be uh, my recommendation. And also my other recommendation is watch, if you've never watched Veronica Mars, watch a lot of Veronica Mars. And I've been working out on the treadmill watching my recommendation for a couple weeks ago, the MI5 slash Spooks show on Hulu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I would recommend that if you've never seen it. Yeah, you go. You go now. Has anyone ever been to (laughs) Knobles? I have. 
Let me I have tell not, you. but it's weird that I haven't because I hear you, you, you guys would like it. Yeah. Why I love Knobles. I am not a huge amusement park fan. And I finally like synthesized Wait, all of these. You're things. not? No. Kate, Aileen's not either. No. So this is what we're going to do. You guys watch the kids. Jim and I are going to Disney. Okay. And <gasps> no, we no, will have different. a lot no, of fun. Disney is different. Disney is not a typical amusement park. When I say amusement park, I'm thinking of like Hershey Park, Dorney Park, Six Flags. Those are typical amusement parks. I do not like them. But Knobles. You came on too strong, Brian. Everybody can go to Knobles because I can sit on one of the many benches that are shaded Mm. by beautiful trees and hand tickets to my children Mm -hmm. who want to ride the little kitty rides and just sit there and yeah, enjoy myself. Yeah, it's free myself. to get in. You just ticket. Don't have to pay yeah. to get in. It's like going to the I local can, carnival, but I, I don't need to worry about the ride. All of the best down. foods. They have the best concession foods. They of do. Any park I've, I've ever been to. I've heard that before. Yeah. And this year they added the Dole Whip. So perfection. Ooh, the, the, like they have the, the Dole, Dole whip? whip. They have the Dole oh. Whip. It is branded. They have orange and pineapple. It made my entire summer. Like being there yesterday made my entire summer. And I'm going back in August. So are me and Brian allowed to go to Disney? No, you are not. Disney? This is bullshit. No. You are never we, allowed to are go to Disney Are we ever allowed me. to have a man vacation? Yes, but not to Disney. That's weird. Oh. Why not? What? Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, can you give us a little preview? What's the anniversary going to be like tomorrow? I'm sure. Uh, we just found out. Uh, <laughs> we just realized that it's our anniversary. So I'm going to a tech conference tomorrow. <laughs> Jim's working. Yeah. Um, and oh, I didn't do my recommendations. Re- what, yeah. what, what are you going to yeah. recommend? Google calendar. <laughs> Sync that those. Uh, yeah. Have Amazon no. send you your gift reminders. No, I have for yes. Go ahead. I have started reading Stephen King's Elevation, which is a very short little Stephen King novel. If you've never read any of his books and you want to get into it i think it's a pretty good really accessible yeah it's it's a good so far so good um is the u2 song elevation based on this i don't because i like this song no this is relatively new so okay so maybe the Um, story's based on the song yeah maybe that could be it, Brian. I think Brian, in honor of our anniversary, I think we should renew our vows on com majors, and you you should remarry us because you are a universal. I life I master. I am I am a minister actually, <laughs> and I am looking for some side work. So if anybody would like me to marry you, I will marry you and discuss a film of your choice. Oh, I you love that. You can pick the film you want me to watch. Would you and- sign up for a themed wedding? You know, like I am all Harry about Potter, themed weddings. Disney princess themed. Listen, if it's cash, I'm there. <laughs> if you're willing to cash pay in cash, pain. listen, I think we should actually, this is something I'm talking about here. We should start a wedding service. I do the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Katie provides the beverages, okay. One Hope Wine, Great. and Jim will perform a select number of songs for that. you he hates that idea but lily will play the cello for you okay so and work. you can have a little you got a whole wedding yeah i don't know if i'm wedding material as as i saw you you would do the sound you would set up the you would like run yeah. the as i yeah Kenan, we have keenan do dj yes i, I forgot with to Kenan. talk we to were... you about this sweet little and tim could bartend lesbian that ran sound at the wedding we were yeah. at the other day hold on what just... <laughs> 
Yeah. We went to a fantastic wedding at the Please Touch Museum and it was great. But the sound setup was like two mics that were hardwired to just Ooh. a single amp. And so it was just this little woman running mics around the whole time because they had people speaking throughout the room. Mm-hmm. And so it was just constant like, where is the cord and how do we un? It was. Well, should have hired Keenan Laird. Yeah, Keenan Laird is available for weddings, functions. I bet he's got as, a uh, as mic. Jason Isbell. I, I saw a tweet from him. It says my music genre is, and it said, you know, dash. If you post one of my songs online, people ask if you're all right. Uh, <laughs> not the kind go. of stuff you want at a wedding, like frightened rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. I still have my Jim and Katie's wedding CD. That was a great, oh, which a was CD. a gift. That was a great I, I, uh, that. I created a playlist out of that on Spotify. If we anybody, should share it. If anybody is a Spotify user, you can, I can share with you our wedding playlist. It's a good playlist. That's it really is excellent. I'm going to pull out the CD tomorrow and listen oh, to it. In, thanks, Brian. In, in my car because my car is so old. There are still a few has songs on there, oh, but totally. I listen to it and I'm like, eesh. Everything about this podcast is dated. No, that's not dated. Not stated. That's Princess Bride. Yeah, song. I mean, but it's still a pretty awful song. Listen, if anybody's listening to this podcast, being dated is not an issue for Alicia them. Alicia Keys is dated. at all. Um, all right, Broussard. Mark Broussard. I love Mark. Broussard. Next, our, our next episode. Very excited about this in honor of the new Spider-Man film coming out. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, a film that I loved and Jim and Katie have not seen. So and I think that they're really going to enjoy it. Actually, this goes to another recommendation I can make. I recommend you check out the chef show on Netflix, which is um, what's his name? John Favreau and Roy. uh, I always forget his last name. He's a chef, but he he taught. John Favreau had John Favreau had a cook for the movie Chef and Chef. they right and when the movie ended they had no reason to get together and cook anymore and they still wanted to be friends so they decided to keep cooking together and start filming it and the first episode is is uh pepper pots and they make Gwyneth uh, a pepper pot which is a a dish and she had no idea that she was in Spider-Man. In Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, there's a moment where where John Favreau was like, "Hey, remember when we were in Spider-Man and we were?" At, and she's like, "I wasn't in Spider-Man. I was in the Avengers." And Roy she's Toy. like, "Roy Toy. Yeah. She, she's like, "I thought I was filming the Avengers." A 100 percent so good, dude. Rotten Tomatoes. It's so good. Yeah, uh, it's so a good we, show. Uh, so that's a good show. Homecoming's a good movie. So when we're all back together, we'll be talking Spider-Man: Homecoming. So if you have not seen it. Check it out now. Check it out. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Adios. Goodbye. Lovatos. (laughs) 